Hello there, and welcome to Haunts and Creeps. I'm your host, Asia. Howdy! My name's Beatrice Backwoods. You can call me BBW for short, or just oh plain old Maddie. <laughs> nice seen you walk around these parts, and I knew soon as I seen you that you ain't from around here. to offer you my humble opinion you best be watching where you're walking there's monsters in these swamps dear oh my god well that got me <laughs> i had that ready just for you i i noticed all righty then oh my cheeks hurt all right <laughs> <laughs> All right, madam. How is uh how is your week? Oh, my week is good, dear. How's your week? Full of school. <laughs> well, that sounds mighty awful to me. I'd agree a hundred percent. I just been chasing down hogs all week. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Was it Beatrice? That's right. Or BBW. All right, BBWs. <laughs> What's your disturbing fact for the week? Well, you know, I'm out here in Arkansas, so I don't know much about it. But I did hear that in Texas, there's some man posted on the interwebs that he thinks women can just go and turn off them periods? That's insane and highly disturbing. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty disturbing. I agree. I hope I didn't I mean, steal I was, your disturbing thing of the week. <laughs> you kind of did. I'll just go to a back, back flaw. Fall, fault. Shit. Yeah, um, if I had an on and off switch for my uterus to just turn it off when I had to go to work or when I just wasn't in the mood for it, my life would be very different. Yeah, what? It was like, what was it, like a business? Okay, did they pass legislation or try to pass legislation saying that you could get, like, days off of work during your period? I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. That's the first time that I had heard about it. For those of you who aren't aware, I saw a meme go around on my Instagram, and it was, I wouldn't say it was really a meme, it was more of those pictures taken of someone's post. And it was, um, let me pull it up here. That way I can read it verbatim. Where's our chat? There it is. Quote, it says, I am a business owner and I refuse to pay menstrual leave. One, I can't afford it. Two, y'all can control y'all cycles. I know y'all can. <laughs> Do it at home and turn it off before coming to work. Be professional no matter how bad the pain is. Respect I love the last co-workers part. Yeah. and be nice to customers. That's my favorite part. Respect your male co-workers. Like, wow, what year are you from? Is this 19, well, like, 50 or something? Uh, no, it fits right in with uh, 
Texas's abortion law that they passed. I know. They're a little fucked down there. If you're yeah. listening and you're from Texas, I'm sorry. But also, what the fuck is going on down there? <laughs> yeah, that was my disturbing fact of the week, that that shit got passed. Like, it is 2021, about to be 2022. Why the fuck do we have the 50s coming back? Oh, yeah. We're going back 70 years. I visited my friend in Texas, and she told me that they're down there in order to get a hysterectomy. You need a man's permission. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have to have your boyfriend or your husband's permission, which mm-hmm. is, I was like, when she told me that to me, I think my jaw dropped, and I was like, What? Because we're both from Colorado. It's pretty liberal. Mm-hmm. Born and raised, you know? Like, I never heard fucking weird-ass shit like that. I thought she was, like... I couldn't believe that that was real. Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah. It's a, it's a big thing, and it's pretty common. Uh, I've got a friend out in California, actually, and medical reasons, she can't have kids. If she gets pregnant, she is likely to die. Yeah. And her doctors were like well you're too young to make the decision on getting her hysterectomy like you're too young to make these decisions you don't know if you'd ever want kids in the future and she's like actually i do but i can't because if i do i will die please tie my tubes yeah yeah she she told me a similar story of one of her friends and i think it took that girl i think it was like the law is something like you have to be you have to either get male consent from a third male party third party male or you have to wait until you're like 35 or some shit or like in your 30s mm-hmm. and she was having like extreme pain i don't think she was able to conceive anyways i don't know if it was like fibroids or what but she was really trying to get this hysterectomy for her quality of life and she couldn't get it mm-hmm. till she was in her 30s yeah it's fucking bullshit and i had something i was gonna say to add to that shit where'd my brain go i've already started drinking my wine Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> fuck. Oh. Train came back. <laughs> Choo-choo. <laughs> My thought is, like, what about all the lesbians out there? The ones who yeah. don't want kids. That was her other point. And it's like, what if one of them happens to get raped? Knows it happens all the time. Oh, they have no sympathy. They have no sympathy for that. Not at all. Yeah, my friend who's telling me about this, she's bi. And at the time that she heard this um, story, you know, she made the point, like, what if I never have a fucking boyfriend? You dumbasses. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, So, yeah, that's, I think those two disturbing facts are disturbing enough. I'm getting raged over here. Yeah. Say I saw another picture that was arguing it this morning and on one side it had a picture of a mask and it's like you can't violate my, the rights of me and my body and then it had the picture of a uterus <laughs> and it was that. like i've seen similar shit Ooh, i gotta mm-hmm. go turn off my ac because it just turned on even though i turned it up to 76 so it must be pretty hot in here all right i will wait <laughs> do 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 Okay, I turned it to 87. If anyone hasn't noticed, my beautiful voice should be crystal clear because I have a new mic. And that's why I turned the AC off because it's ultra powerful and it will pick up the AC. So we have twin mics now. 
Jeffrey now has a twin who's also wearing a pink sock. And his name is Joffrey. Jeffrey and Joffrey. Yeah, don't get them confused because they get very upset when that happens. Yes, and they're two different shades of pink, so they try to stand away and stand apart from each other. Yeah, so it should be easy for you guys. Just, you don't, you don't want the wrath of the Joffreys, Jeffreys on you. The Joffreys? Joffrey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right, Asia, Uh, what are you drinking? I have two drinks, actually. Mm. I found this little can. You're not including your vape juice, right? No. (laughs) I don't drink that straight, sorry. (laughs) But I found this little can called tip top margarita never seen it it was at the little side thing next to all the shots when you're checking out at a liquor store so I was it's like, just like right. a tiny margarita can look at it that's dope it's, it's adorable it is really cute it oh my god it's like the of my palm, of palm. <laughs> that's dope yeah is it pretty good i don't know i haven't opened it yet oh i figured god. i would crack it and we go from there Ooh, yeah Sorry, crack I it right by go. that mic I want to hear it. I have to move my camera because my iPad is about to die. So give me a second. There we go. All right. Ready? I'm ready. I'm going to crack my nails. I didn't hear it at all. That's really sad. (laughs) Good microphone then. All right, and I'm mm. drinking, I think I've had this on the show before, good old Angry Orchard. It's, like, been my go-to. Oh, God, that face you're making, what happened? That shit was strong and sour, and I was not <laughs> expecting that. You are expecting, like, a little sweet thing, huh? Yes, and I'm okay that it's not. It was just, like, a punch to the face. <laughs> I like Angry Orchard. Which one did you get? Just, like, the classic crisp apple crisp apple yeah i love angry orchard it's like the only cider slash beer i can just drink they've got a really good holiday pack the last time i had one yeah they do seasonal stuff that's good Mm -hmm. i also have a new wine to try oh yeah we didn't get to your second drink (laughs) you alcoholic (laughs) god you should see the other bottle of wine i bought it last night and it's almost empty and it is not the normal size bottle of wine. <laughs> um, I've got Woodbridge Buttery Chardonnay. Woodbridge. I like Woodbridge. Yeah. On my tier list of Moscatos, they're probably second or third place. Yeah. Woodbridge isn't bad. I've had some of their wines that was really good. And then I had one, I think they're white Zinfandel that I did not like. Mm. But... We'll see how the buttery Chardonnay goes. I've never had a Chardonnay, let alone a buttery one. Yeah, so that sounds like I an don't adventure. Hate it. I've got a lot to get through on that bottle, so let's hope I don't hate it. <laughs> All right, are we ready for this episode? Yes, what are we covering? Hell yeah, this one I'm pretty excited about. I got a lot of decent content on this, and it's about the Falk monster, which is a cryptid. Did you just drink more margarita? <laughs> that this margarita is like condensed, like condensed milk. Oh, it's like a concentrated like want... margarita. Yes. <laughs> God. Good thing you Sorry. brought two drinks, I guess. And that it's small. 
It is a whole 100 milliliters. Milliliters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's not very much. No. Whew, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So, the Falk Monster is a relatively famous cryptid native to southern Arkansas. It's often described as similar to Bigfoot, or like a cousin of Bigfoot. Um, okay. It is a large, bipedal, ape-like creature with long, dark hair. And other reports say that it has red hair. So, long, dark, red hair. Alright, so it's the red-headed stepchild of... I would Bigfoot. say they're on the same level. They're like cousins. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are hundreds of sightings of the Falk monster, each lending a similar description uh, to create the creature that the locals are all very familiar with. Most estimates put him somewhere between 7 and 10 feet tall, with a 3 foot wide chest. So just imagine that hmm. for a second. That's fucking huge. Your chest is maybe, maybe a foot and a half in width. I have my measurements actually right here. <laughs> um, 17 inches from shoulder to shoulder. Ayo. Um, so yeah, imagine a three foot wide, just barrel chested monster. He's so large. Hey, what? I say, I bet he gives good hugs. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's so large that people often confuse him for a bear. And a lot of skeptics will say, no, those people just saw a bear. Uh, reportedly, he's able to run swiftly with a galloping gait and long arms that swing at his side like a monkey's. And he leaves behind uh, three-toed footprints that are part of what makes him pretty famous. Okay. Because they have a lot of castings of these footprints, pictures. People report them all the time of like this really distinct three-toed footprint. But how do they know it's him and not Bigfoot? Does Bigfoot have more toes? So, from my understanding, Bigfoot is more northern. This is in the swamps of Arkansas, which I'm about to go into. This is, like, okay. nowhere near Bigfoot territory, which is why he's more of a cousin. I see. So, people who have gotten close enough to the Falk monster report that he smells uh, somewhere between a wet dog, and a skunk, and that he's got red glowing eyes. I don't mind the eyes. The scent's a little gross. Yeah, that sounds horrible. <laughs> so Now, does he, does he smell like a skunk, or was he just sprayed by a skunk and doesn't have access to anything to, you know, get the skunk off of him? The way I think of him is he's, like, he's gallivanting around in these swamp woods, and he's got this long, dark fur. And I just picture it kind of like a sloth where he's just covered in, like, moss and, like, wet musk. Like, that's, I think, why the wet dog is part of the smell. Wet dog makes sense. Yeah. And on the Facebook page, there actually is a picture of a dude who took a picture of himself next to a, a replica of a giant sloth. It's, like, pretty tall, probably about 10 feet. And he's, like... Has anyone ever considered whether the Falk monster is just a giant sloth? <laughs> I think uh, it was someone's pet that was released. Yeah, I think he moves a little too quick for that. That's my two cents. <laughs> um, so, the Falk monster's territory reportedly spans from the southern town of Falk, which is sort of in like the south, 
western corner of Arkansas down to the Sulphur River Bottoms, which is like a network of all these rivers that connect to each other. Um, okay. In the Sulphur River Bottoms Wildlife Management Area. I all couldn't right. find a ton of information on this area, but I was able to sort of calculate the square mileage. And from my calculations, which will be included in the notes that we put up on, is it Patreon that we put those on? Yeah, well, they're technically on Drive, but there's a folder that is shared with patrons only, and they have full access to that folder. Yeah, so if you go, if you have access to that, you can see my calculations using this app, where I calculate that it's about 23 square miles of territory. How many hectares is that? Oh my god! (laughs) You know what? This map would actually probably tell you. (laughs) Probably not a lot though. So to give you an idea of what this type of area is like. I want you to imagine you're on a small fishing boat, the type of like metal boat with a motor, cruising through a southern, boggy, slow-moving swamp. You know, like you see in those movies sometimes. Mm -hmm. The trees on the banks are all super dense and wet, and there's probably catfish and alligators underneath the brown water. You can't really see them down there. Also imagine that somewhere in the woods on either sides of the river, the Falk monster may or may not be picking his way through the trees, and you wouldn't even know it because the vegetation's so dense. <laughs> Sorry, I just pictured the shadow of a really awkward sweeping gate. Like he's just <laughs> kind of tromping through the forest and his arms are swinging with like a five foot swing length. I know. Arms length, whatever, just slowly romping. Yeah. When I first was um, researching this, I was trying to imagine him moving through, like, this thick swamp. Um, but then I read it, like, somewhere in some report that it's more like he just crashes through the trees. And you, if you're running, <laughs> if you're running from him, you're getting caught up in all the vegetation and getting entangled, but he's just crashing through shit behind you, like, gonna fucking catch you with his giant arms. God, that's even better than what I was picturing. <laughs> now it's explosive, like, in a movie scene. Yeah. Almost like Hulk, but even more chaotic. Yeah, I mean, imagine he's like, a, he's like a bull in a china shop when he's moving fast. When he's moving slow, it's probably not so bad, but he's a big-ass dude. Mm-hmm. From what I gathered. Yeah, so basically the picture I'm trying to paint is a monster that's a cross between the creature of the Black Lagoon, which we all know is sort of like an underwater man, and good old Bigfoot. Or imagine the Falk monster is Bigfoot's southern backwoods cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so... Sightings of the Falk monster have been reported starting as early as 1851. There's evidently a news article. Yeah. There's evidently a news article from the Memphis Inquirer that covers the sighting in 1851, but I was unable to find it. All the archives that I've looked through. Archives. Whatever. (laughs) It's okay. I read it that way, too. (laughs) All the archives that I sifted through had, like, copies of the Memphis Inquirer, but none that went all the way back to 1851. Um, There's also reports of an 1856 article in the Caddo Gazette, but same thing, I couldn't find the actual articles. Yes, Asia, what is your question? I thought you said 1581. 
Did I? Are you with 1851? Am I what? Liz Dexic. No? Maybe I said 1581. That's why I said damn, because most sightings are usually from 1800s and all that. So I'm like, 1581, damn. 1581, yeah. I'll have to go back and listen when I do the editing for this. But I swear you said 1581. (laughs) Um, Since you brought it up, though, um, the Falk monster is just one of... The many types of, like, it's sort of like the Oswang when we covered that, how there's, like, different types of Oswang. Mm-hmm. There are Falk monsters slash Sasquatch Bigfoots reported in, like, every culture. Like, yeah. you got the Yeti. Sasquatch, obviously, is Native American. Sasquatch and Bigfoot are, like, the same thing. Falk monster. Um... So, honestly, there could be reports of this guy back in 1581. Sasquatch and Bigfoot do have differences. How dare you? They do? Being the same. Yo, you gotta tell me about these, because I I have no idea. I can't remember them off the top of my head, but um, M from, uh, and that's why we drink, covered both. And there is differences. Oh, shit. So, yeah. There are differences. Adds to it, because then there's the Sasquatch... Bigfoot, the Yeti. Mm-hmm. They're all separate. Yeah. But I agree with you as to where they're all related. Like, they're the same species, but different... I guess same genus? Family? Fuck biology. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that what you're in Different right species? <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> They'd probably be the same species, but yeah, like, different... I think it's genus, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And most people think that they are descendants of primates, meaning we share genealogy with them, but we're not the same species. Because what so makes species same... different, Asia? Have you learned this one yet? Probably. Species are species because anything that's not within their species, they can't fuck. They can't. That's and right. procreate. They can't mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so like, we'd all be in the same family. Probably. Like, I bet you, I bet you the Falk monster and the Yeti could probably fucking make a baby. And maybe that's what created Bigfoot. You know, the South and the North coming together. Would I don't a know. Yeti and a Falk make a pink Sasquatch? Why? Oh, because it's red and white. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he becomes the tropical Yeti. (laughs) That's a good question. Do the tropics have one? Probably. Probably. This phenomenon is so widespread across cultures, there probably is a tropical Yeti, and we just don't know about it because we're in the States, you know? I want to find this out. I know. This is, I mean, this has opened a Pandora's box. I could have gone into Bigfoot and all this other shit, but... The but, Falk I mean, monster all, is enough. If they're so super hairy, wouldn't the climate just not work for them? Like if you're in the tropics? Maybe he's a short hair. Okay. Maybe he's like, if he's pink, he's like a naked cat. <laughs> oh, God. That's a horrible <laughs> image. <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Okay. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so those two articles from the 1850s, I couldn't read the actual articles. I just found a bunch of articles mentioning that they exist. 
So I don't even know what they cover, like what the actual details of the sightings are. But since we're talking about sources, my main source for this episode is a website dedicated to the Falk monster called falkmonster.net. Asia, what's happening over there? <laughs> oh, you just drank more ma- more margarita. Margarita concentrate, yes. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. <laughs> All right, so falkmonster.net. The whole site is maintained by a man named Lyle Blackburn, who is, quote-unquote, the author of several acclaimed books whose subject matter reflects his lifelong fascination with legendary creatures and strange phenomenon. That comes from his website. Um, Okay. He has written three books on the Falk Monster, including Boggy Creek Casebook, which I guess is just a casebook outlining all of the reports. He -hmm. does keep a list of the reports on his website, but they don't have a lot of details. It'll just be like, oh, a young girl said she saw it, you know, walking across the street. It, It doesn't include, like like the day and the month it just they're listed by year they don't have names it's kind of it's just a list yeah list of sightings i assume the idea the marketing strategy is to get you to buy the case book because i almost did so that i could get (laughs) on these cases (laughs) okay so he wrote that he also wrote beyond boggy creek and the beast of boggy creek he also has several other books all dedicated to covering similar cryptids, including the Missouri monster, also called Momo, who is, I haven't done any research on him. i just seen, like, pictures, animated pictures of him. It looks like another Bigfoot. Um, okay. The Bishopville monster, the Mothman, and the Bray Road Beast. So these all sound like Mothman. cryptids that we got to cover eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mothman's funny. Okay. <laughs> Um, on top of all that, Lyle is also the frontman and founder of a rock band called Ghoul Town. Yes! <laughs> That's where he's making all the money. It's not from the books. It's from his band. This guy has his, has his toes dipped in a lot of areas around, surrounding this town and the Falk monster. Um, so, so he's a lot like, uh, Baker. Hmm? Baker? The guy that I covered recently. You're talking about the the ghost hunter guy? He's not the ghost hunter guy, but he's... Yeah, the guy the guy who had the Dybbuk box. No, I'm talking about oh. the guy I just covered who did so many different things. The um, watermelon seed cure guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, he doesn't seem like much of a charlatan like that guy. He's Lyle Black... Black... Fuck. Lyle okay. Blackburn, I almost said Blackwood, Lyle Blackburn seems more legitimate, although he does seem to also know how to make money off of this. Exhibit A being the case book versus the listed sightings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mentioned the sightings. So the most, wait, what, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't know. Okay, the most recent sightings on Lyle's website are actually dated in 2021. Hmm. Um, There's two for 2021. The first says, A witness reports seeing a hairy, ape-like creature run across the road during daylight hours. He describes it as 
looking like an orangutan with reddish hair. The second one Orangutans are redhead, red-haired. <laughs> yeah. Um, the second one says, A few days after the witness saw the red-colored animal, a researcher sees what appears to be a large red animal move through the woods near Mercer Bayou during di- daylight hours. <laughs> Um, yeah, right over there. I'm having issues. So I see that. One thing I wanted to point out with this second one is that you notice how he mentions a researcher. And mm-hmm. one thing that that people seem to think makes the Falk monster different from like Bigfoot and other sightings like more credible is that in Lyle's own words over the years, the creature has been seen by countless people, including respected citizens, experienced hunters, famous musicians, and even a police officer. Does he count as one of the famous musicians? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, take that as you want. You know, like... Grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt, yeah. We we do get into some researchers that do uh, play a part in this, but like I said, as we continue, take everything with a grain of salt because that's, that's what you gotta do. Mm-hmm. Okay, according to most sources, the Falk monster was made famous at a national level in 1971 when the Texarkana Gazette reported an encounter an encounter a married couple had with the monster at their house. The article, published on May 2nd, 1971, reads, Miller County Sheriff Department officers said early today a search of the area where a mysterious creature was spotted near Falk early Sunday failed to reveal a clue. Members of my department searched the area but didn't find a thing. (laughs) I don't know what it could have been, Sheriff Leslie Greer said. Bobby Ford, 25, of Route 1, Box 220, Texarkana, Arkansas, who lives approximately 10 miles south of Texarkana on U.S. Highway 71, said the unidentified creature attacked him at his home shortly before midnight, Saturday. Ford was treated at St. Michael Hospital for minor scratches and mild shock and released. Which is funny, he just showed up and was like, Oh, God, I have some scratches from, like, a really scary monster. And the the doctors and nurses are probably like, okay, well, you're fine, but... Here's some Neosporin and a Band-Aid. You're good to go. (laughs) After the thing grabbed me and I broke free, I was moving so fast I didn't stop to open the door. I just ran through it, Ford said. The creature was described by Ford as being about seven feet tall and about three feet wide across the chest. (laughs) At first, wait, at first I thought it was a bear, but it runs upright and moves real fast, he said. Ford, his brother Don, and Charles Taylor saw the creature several times shortly after midnight and shot at it several times with a shotgun. It first started Wednesday when our wives heard something walking around on the porch. Then Friday night, about midnight, the thing tried to break into the house again. 
Last night it tried to get in again, Don Ford said. <laughs> this is hard, switching characters. I told you. <laughs> Elizabeth Ford said she was sleeping in the front room of the frame house when I saw the curtain moving on the front window and a hand sticking through the window. At first, I thought it was a bear's paw, but it didn't look like that. It had heavy hair all over it, and it had claws. I could see its eyes. They looked like coals of fire, real red, she said. It didn't make any noise, except you could hear it breathing. <laughs> Ford said they spotted the creature in back of the house with the aid of a flashlight. We shot several times at it, and then called Ernest Walraven, Constable of Falk. He brought us another shotgun and a stronger light. We waited on the porch and then saw the thing closer to the house. We shot again and thought we saw it fall. <laughs> this is fucking hard. Keep going. This is great. <laughs> oh, my face hurts. Keep going. Bobby Charles and myself started walking to where we saw it fall, he said. About that time, according to Bob Don Ford, they heard the women in the house screaming, and Bobby went back. I was walking the rungs of a ladder to get up on the porch when the thing grabbed me. I felt a hairy arm come, around, come over my shoulder, and the next thing I knew, we were on the ground. The only thing I could think about was to get out of there. The thing was breathing real hard, and its eyes were about the size of a half dollar and real red. I finally broke away and ran around the house and through the front door. I don't know where he went, Bobby Ford said. <laughs> we heard Bobby shouting, and by the time we got there, <laughs> everything was over. We didn't see a thing, Don Ford said. <laughs> Everyone at the house said they saw the creature moving in the fields close to the house. All said it could move fast. While Raven said he was called to the scene about 12.35 a.m., Sunday, May 2nd, and searched the area without finding anything. I looked through the surrounding fields and woods for about an hour. But then I gave my shotgun and light. A short time later, they called back and told me they had shot at it again. I went back and stayed until 5 a.m. While Raven said several years ago, resident of the Jonesville community near Falk reported seeing a hairy monster in the area. <sighs> Several persons saw the thing and shot at it. Some from close range. They said nothing seemed to stop it. They described it as being about seven feet tall and looking just like a naked man covered in brown hair. While Raven said. All that remained Sunday morning at the Ford house was several strange tracks that appeared to be left by something with three toes and several scratch marks on the front porch that appeared to have been made by something with three claws. Several pieces of tin nailed around the bottom of the house had been ripped away, and another window had been damaged by the creature, according to Ford. We plan to stay here tonight and see if we can get the thing if it returns, Don Ford said. I'm not staying here anymore unless they kill that thing, Patricia Ford said. As for Bobby Ford, he said, I've had it, and I'm going back to Ashdown. <sighs> and that's the article. <laughs> End scene. <laughs> Ooh, I'm winded.
Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> Those voices are hard to keep up, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I uh, I'm, I give you props. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fun time. Yeah. So, after that article came out, a local named Charles B. Pierce was inspired by the reports so much that he quit his career in advertising and I'm like almost talking in this accent still. <laughs> um, he quit his job in advertising so he could capitalize on the frenzy. And he reportedly borrowed some money, bought a camera, and filmed his debut film, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which was a horror movie based on the Falk monster. So he's a director, too. What? Isn't it the same guy who wrote all the books and all that shit? No, 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 no. This is Charles oh, B. Pierce. Guy. You're talking about Lyle Blackborn. Uh, Blackborn. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So, The Legend of Boggy Creek, it's like a cult classic type of horror film. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, basically, when it came out in 1972, it was initially turned down by Hollywood distributors. And so... Pierce decided to take matters into his own hands, and he rented the Texarkana Theater, cleaned it up, and began showing the movie himself. After the premiere, it was such a success that people um, lining up for subsequent showings, the line stretched for five blocks. Damn. Yeah. So, after garnering enough local attention, the film was finally picked up by Howco International for distribution and went on to gross $22 million at, like, a national level. Damn. So, Pierce... Good for him. Yeah. After making money on that film, he later directed um, the, a pretty famous horror movie called The, so the, <laughs> the Town That Dreaded Sundown. Which was going to say the sound of music. The sound of music. <laughs> I don't know if you heard of that one, but <laughs> no. So he directed the town that dreaded sundown, which is a 1976 horror movie that was based on the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. I oh, don't shit. know anything about them. They sound interesting though. <laughs> I've heard a lot of cases, but that name doesn't ring a bell. The town that dreaded sundown? No, the Texas Arcana Moonlight Oh, the Texarkana Moonlight Murders? Yeah, apparently the town that dreaded sundown, I've definitely heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. But um, apparently it was so, like, both of these movies were pretty groundbreaking. Like, The Legend of Boggy Creek was so terrifying at the time. That's why it got so much attention, because it scared the shit out of people. And then, right. same with The Town That Dreaded Sundown. That one was so influential that actually, um, uh, serial killer mo <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Popular serial killer movies, like Halloween, stuff like that, are actually, they pull a lot of stuff from The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Like, they are, right. like, uh, strongly influenced by that one. So, groundbreaking stuff here in Texarkana. Sounds like it. Yeah. <clears throat> my voice is all woo. So, I tried watching The Legend of Boggy Creek myself, and I, fought, I fell asleep probably about <laughs> half hour in. It really was not 
freaky at all, but for the 1970s, it probably was kind of scary. Basically, it's filmed sort of like a documentary. Yes, Asia in the front. There were a lot of serial killers at the time, so it's kind of playing off of the panic of murders just going on everywhere. Are you talking about the town that dreaded sundown? Yeah, I thought that was you. Was that what you said? Were you no. watching the other one? We're talking about the other one. Although okay, you are right. Mind. So it was about the 1970s that the idea of the serial killer actually started to become a thing. Because before mm-hmm. the 1970s, serial killers weren't a thing. Like, people didn't even consider that someone would kill multiple people. And then I think yeah. it was... It was, like, Charles Manson and, um, fucking, I think BTK started creating the idea of the serial killer. Because they started having these killers where it was like, oh, all these random murders are actually connected? What? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, um, what's his face? God, fuck. (laughs) Drinking alcohol makes your memory shit. Yes, generally. Um, really big. Bundy. Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. Bundy. Oh, duh. Yeah, Ted Bundy, too. He definitely is in on that mix. Also, mm-hmm. this is going this is a little off track, but the 1970s, there is a theory that so many serial killers came out of the 1970s because there was so much lead still just in the environment. Like, we were fueling our cars with lead-based fuels. There was lead in the water and shit. So there's a theory that... Making everybody go crazy. Yeah, there's a theory that people who grew up during the 70s or like, or before the 70s around this time might have been a little crazy because lead poisoning. (laughs) Well, I live with two of them and I was raised by another. Should I be suspicious? I think it's more like if you grew up and became an adult in the 70s. So you mean like... So, like, the 70s has... 50s. Yeah. The 70s has a rash of serial killers. Ted Bundy, BTK, blah, blah, blah. Um, And they all crop up around the same time. And one of the theories to that is that when they were growing up, they were poisoned. Like, lead poisoned. Okay. So, that's more what I mean, yeah. But anyways, I was talking about the legend of Boggy Creek. Not the town that dreaded sundown. Sorry to distract. (laughs) No, that's okay. Um, I do want to watch the town that dreaded sundown too, though. But, so, I tried watching The Legend of Boggy Creek. Basically, it's filmed sort of like a documentary where they interview locals. And some some of the locals in the film are real people playing themselves and talking about their stories. But they'll film their, they'll film them talking about it and then act out the scene that they're mm-hmm. talking about. Um, so like a lot of unsolved murder case shows. No, no, we're not talking about murders. No, I know. I'm just saying okay. I'm drawing a I'm drawing a correlation here. <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Of... It's 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 more like it reads more like that. It doesn't seem like a horror movie. It's like a yeah, like a crime special. Um a lot of the stories that they cover are stories that actually happen. So the one that I just uh, mimed, uh, that shows up in there. Uh, There's also one 
that's specifically about a boy named Travis Crabtree who, when he was young, ran into the monster as he was hunting in the woods. And I'm going to go specifically into this one. Um, so in the scene, Travis is hunting in the woods with his 410 shotgun when all of a sudden he comes across a large figure looming over him. He's terrified, so he shoots at the thing, um, but that only agitates it, and it lets out this crazy-sounding cry. It's almost like, you know how Godzilla has, like, a crazy-ass sound? It's similar to that. Like, it's Wookiee-ish, but also Godzilla-ish. It's okay. kind of cool, and, like, a lot of reports from locals, even to this day, say that he has this crazy-ass cry like this all right so he lets out this cry and then he chases the boy all the way back to his house where his parents find him just fucking panicked and terrified and this reportedly actually happened um so travis's father who's named smoke crabtree <laughs> smoky crabtree smoky crabtree oh my god <laughs> he's actually like a pretty famous local character around here so right. that was his son um so smoky crabtree himself yes is the son's name flamey crabtree no his son's name is travis <laughs> smoky to travis i'm very disappointed wouldn't it be more like his the father's name is flamey and the son's name is smoky because like i guess smoky birth. would go to ashy yeah, and Sm yeah, maybe Smokey's son is named Ashy. This is dumb. This is stupid. Okay. <laughs> so, other than his son's own encounter, Smokey Crabtree was very involved in Falk and the Falk monster and investigating it. Um, he authored two books, one called Smokey and the Falk Monster, and the other called Too Close to the Mirror. The first one apparently is about the Falk monster, but also about how the movie that made it famous sort of, like, I guess it's sort of, um, oh my god, infamous for taking parts of the story, like fabricating it and not keeping it real to what actually happened, which is kind of crazy to me because they literally are interviewing locals who act out their own scenes. So, I don't know. That, that I thought okay. was kind of weird. Um, the other, Too Close to the Mirror, was written in like the 2000s, and it's sort of just about him and his life. So, hmm. Smokey Crabtree has his own website, and I'm going to read the little blurb he wrote about himself just to give you an idea of what he was like. And he writes it in third person. Here we go. Okay. Smokey worked on the Alaskan pipeline for three years and was also in the grocery business. There's even a bit of the, of the country music world involved in his story. He raised a family and worked in 18 foreign countries. Yes. Can I help you? I thought he would sound more old and crotchety. but Yeah, you're right, you're right. <clears throat> Where was I? 18... Okay. He raised a family and worked in 18 foreign countries and almost every state in the United States. In the early years of his life, Smokey realized that many of the finer images of life 
are often hidden from view in the mirror of life when we stand too close to the mirror. He lives in the countryside of southwest Arkansas where he was raised, enjoying nature in the woods he grew up in. <sighs> Smokey also enjoys fishing, hunting, and visiting with friends that he has known all his life. He was still... He will still fight for what is right, regardless. Smokey began his story in his first book, Smokey and the Falk Monster, published in 1974. At the request of people who have read and enjoyed the first part of his story, he is bringing them up to date in this book, which I assume means the second book, uh, Too Close to the Mirror. All right. <laughs> Whew, man, that takes a lot of, like, oxygen. It does. <laughs> it makes your throat hurt and your nose hurt. I get it. <laughs> I feel you, bro. That, I understand your pain voice. now. <laughs> that nasally voice from the Paris Catacomb. Like, I can't do this. And I lost it halfway through. You can but hear you it. you did it, bro. It sucks. You, you powered through. That hurt so bad. I'm still feeling funny after like an hour of recording. Like, what is going on with my nasal cavities right now? Man, imagine if your voice was actually like that. I was thinking about that the other day. I was driving and I was listening to our episode just to see how the sound came out. And I was like, how do people have that voice normally? Like, how does that not hurt? Their nose, their sinuses, their throat. How? Because they're not trying to like change the their own structure in their throat. <laughs> like it's just structure that way. It's normal. You're trying to like fucking move shit around in your throat. Like it's unnatural. <laughs> Shut off my nose. Constrict my vocal cords. Yeah. I like that. I, I... <laughs> there he was. <laughs> you just imagine a goggles pushed up close on your nose. <laughs> It's perfect. You really do have to like get into the character. Yeah, like I think I was yeah, like I was like bent over like an old man. <laughs> you were. <laughs> Alright. So because Smokey was one of the lead experts on all things Falk Monster, it's not surprising that when an unidentifiable corpse showed up in Texas, Crabtree was sought out for answers. This is where it's gonna get kinda cool. So, Smokey acquired the strange corpse, uh, but rarely showed it to other people. The only time he would display the remains was during one of his jamborees, and he would charge a small admission fee. But, after people got to see the corpse for themselves, it became popular, and Smokey started receiving strange phone calls. So, the first one allegedly was from a man in Texas who claimed the remains were his, and he had made the mistake of dumping them in the forest, and when he returned to retrieve them, they were gone. But when Crabtree asked him to describe the remains, the man couldn't, and so Crabtree dismissed his story as a lie. Okay. So, another of the strange calls, this is going to get kind of fun, um, the second call came from a man who claimed to be from the Smithsonian Institute, and according to Smokey, the man told him that the U.S. government had issued orders for them to confiscate the corpse and that they would be there the next day to take it. So, in his account, Smokey said that he was pretty fed up with all the threats and decided to make a few himself. 
I told him to bring some food with him because he would be here for a while and to please bring some good identification. Needless to say, neither here, he nor anyone else from the Smithsonian Institute ever showed up. <laughs> I love the whole body change. <laughs> Intrigue, though. Come on. The government is covering the foul monster up. But is it? No one brought identification. No one came by. I know, yeah. It could. <laughs> it also said in this article I got this from that it might have just been the Texan just trying again to, like, get the monster. Fucking Texans. <laughs> Fucking Texans, God. Just toxic. <laughs> so apparently, in the end, um, Crabtree contacted the University of Arkansas, who sent over a biologist to examine the remains. And according to Smokey, the biologist was very fascinated and, and um, examined it for several hours. But all that could be said for afterwards was that they were certain it wasn't human. And because it was missing its skull, it was impossible to say what exactly it was. Wouldn't they still be able to identify whether it was like an orangutan or some sort of... See, that's what's a little sus to me. I don't know how good anthropology was in the 1970s, but I assume it wasn't this fucking lame. Because, and I'll get into it, I've seen footage of this guy looking at the body. And, well, we'll get into it. So, when this guy couldn't positively ID the body, rumors began to spread that it was a Siberian tiger who someone had kept as like an exotic pet. Um, Did it look like a tiger or a primate? No. no. So <laughs> if you want, you can go into the Discord where I put those spoiler photos. Finally. <laughs> finally. The first two are the best images I could get of the body. When I tried to look for this corpse, pictures of it, I could not find a single picture. The only way I could find it is by, I found this. 1995 documentary called The Hunt for Bigfoot with Smokey Crabtree. And those are snippings of that documentary. So what do you think as you're looking at them? The ribcage is huge. The second picture looks like a completely different skeleton compared to the first. Like, they don't look like they belong to the same thing. Don't know what's going on with the hands. Like, the hands look like coral. Yeah, they're not very good pictures. No. And I'm like... This is why I'm kind of, I'm kind of like, did the government cover it up? Because other than this documentary from 1995, I cannot find any mention of this thing anywhere. Hmm. And like, you'd think that a lab by now would have picked it up and done like a real examination of it, you know, like with DNA testing and like to place it somewhere on the... Well, either debunk it or label it as unknown. Yeah. Because if it was easily able to identify, like, some of the uh, Bigfoot-type theories and all that, people used different animals and kind of meshed them together, and then it was debunked by scientists going, no, this is basically a Frankenstein's monster of a bunch of different creatures, like actual critters. Mm. So you'd expect that there would be a debunking of this if there was actual studies done like it looks like they are. You'd think they'd be like, no, this was half this animal, half this animal with this kind of thrown in there and 
a fake what have you leather different skeletons who knows i mean the pelvis is really small it's not really small but it is really narrow because in the in, in comparison, the documentary yeah. i watched mm-hmm. it and he holds up a human pelvis and the the skeleton's huge like he holds up different bones to it like human bones because i don't know why but everyone needed to hear that this was not a human but it I mean, it's clearly not a person. You don't even have to be a biologist to be like, that's not a human. Yeah, I mean, that's not a human. I have like a lot of, I don't know, I guess education in anatomy and physiology. So maybe that's not true. Maybe some people need like verification. Well, apparently but... men don't know how uterus works. That's so... true. That's true. <laughs> I did also read a Yahoo Answers post once that said, if I drink tea while I'm pregnant, will it dye my baby's skin brown? <laughs> so, I take that back. Some people don't know anatomy very well. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, so, um, I just want to go into this documentary a little bit, because I did watch it. It's kind of a strange documentary. The host, Clue uh, Gulliger takes you through several interviews, including Smoky Smoky Crabtree and other locals who recall their own stories, kind of like the movie. Um, The director, who apparently is named Jim McCulloch and also wrote, produced, and directed The Creature from the Black Lake, he directed this, and between the interviews, he puts scenes of his own movie, The Creature from the (laughs) Black Lake, from the Black Lake as kind of like, I guess, a way to advertise his movie. It's kind of weird. Here's evidence (laughs) from my other movie. (laughs) Yeah, like, he's definitely piggybacking in order to, like, get his movie advertised. Um, Okay. But besides the locals that give their own accounts, there are a couple of pseudo-experts or, like, experts but with no reference to what they actually are experts in. For example, there's a guy named Dr. David Otto, who appears to be being interviewed on a university campus. He's got glasses, he's sitting on a university campus, and he offers his opinion that Bigfoot reminds us of the beast that dwells within us all, the part we try to repress but refuses to be repressed. So he, like, in between all these interviews and first, like, first-person accounts, he's just, like, <laughs> meditating on Bigfoot and what it means to the human psyche. <laughs> I'm an expert, but I'm not going to tell you what I'm an expert on. I'm just going to wear glasses and a lab coat and look professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another one of the pseudo-experts, and I, I kind of want to get your opinion on this one, Um, is a psychic and she says when she thinks about these creatures she sees them as living in a cave and she feels that they are somewhat intellectually between a man and an animal and that their purpose is to be left alone and for people to leave them alone so from my understanding she she's psychic and she's thinking about the how the falc monster and is receiving feels from the universe as to what he possibly is but all of her claims are very vague (laughs) 
So but that sounds like to me, there are good psychics out there. There are real ones, but they're incredibly hard to find because there's a lot of people standing in saying there's some when really it's just because they want someone to pay them for telling them what they already know. Right. But, Which we sort of covered a little bit in my mirror scrying episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been cases of missing children, murdered children, where people are getting psychics involved because the police are a lost cause at this point. Right. And the psychics, some of the psychics are like, oh, they're still alive, and I see a room with this, and others where the kid was still alive, but the psychic told the parents that it was dead and in a container of water. Yeah, like some shit that's... I know that if I was trying to be a charlatan psychic, I would not touch that type of shit. Mm -hmm. Because that's fucking risky. (laughs) Yeah. And to me, the way you describe that makes it sound like it's just someone standing in and just wants to be left alone. They're here. Yeah, like she's saying shit that anyone could just basically gather from the legend of Bigfoot itself. Like, mm-hmm. he's somewhere between a man and a animal intellectually, and he likes to live in caves, and he wants to be left alone, is basically what she said. But she says it as if it's like, whoa, so, like, I can hear the Bigfoots in the wilderness talking to me, you know? <laughs> like, Yep. So, but I also want to ask, if... A true psychic were to focus their mental energy on the Falk monster, what would they actually be able to tell? It's a hard one to a- answer because that depends on the person. Some people do get visions and glimpses. I personally, if I focus on someone hard enough, I can usually see their auras, but I can't see them or what they're doing or how they're doing anything. I knew someone who could check in on me and see what I was doing, which didn't make sense to me. Um, I think that really depends on the person and what they're gifted with, and that's why it's really hard to answer that question. Because some people, sure, some people could get that. They could get, instead of visually seeing, they could get a feeling like, oh, it's cold, or oh, it's damp. Must be in a cave or something. Mm. Like People get different stimuli to Mm -hmm. kind of match different things some people see things as a vision some feel things some see not like a picture but like a third eye color image almost like i don't know how to describe it outside of like a heat camera Hmm. where you can see like hot and cold temperatures and everything's different colors so if i I were to ask you to focus your mental energies on the falc monster would this have to be like a whole ass scrying session or could you just do it like, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, he's uh, living in a cave. Me personally, as I have no connection with the Falk monster, I wouldn't be able to see shit. Oh. The way my the way I work is I have to have some sort of connection. I have to have spoken to it. Even if it's digitally, there has to be a pre-made connection to right. be able to go from that. Like, I know someone who's family member died recently but I had spoken to that family member via digital means for a few months before and I was able to connect with that spirit later down the road digitally like do you have to keep the same type of connection no oh um I'm just showing 
saying an example. Like one time I focused on your energies. I knew mm. kind of where you were. This was back when you were in your mountain house. So I was just thinking about you really hard and I got your auras and we had a small conversation over it. But me? Like I was talking to you? It was a text conversation probably about eight or nine years ago. Oh. Maybe further. Long time I ago. I do remember <laughs> you once being like, hey. Uh, your mom seems like she is in a bad place. You should text her. And I was like, oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> Completely different scenario, but yeah. Different, okay. <laughs> and so one time I texted you and was like, do you know what the color of your aura is or something? Because I was seeing orange and red. Oh, yeah. Like, I know uh, when I went to the Wooby Wooby Fair, I do believe <laughs> I did. I had a couple aura pictures taken across different years. But I, mm. I do think I had one that was orange red colored yeah my mom has those pictures i don't know um <clears throat> so those are their two cents the dr david otto and the psychic um but the second half of the film actually gets kind of interesting it's not just like anecdotes and these weird pseudo experts um they actually finally cover the remains and this is the only footage i could find of these remains uh so Along with Smokey's account, the movie <laughs> the movie includes footage, uh, so it's basically him talking about the remains and them showing them. Um, so basically, I th I think it's the footage from when he actually contracted with the University of Arkansas to have a biologist show up. So there is footage of that guy. Uh, examining the body and I want to kind of go over his examination so that you all can decide for yourselves um, what whether you think this is Bigfoot or not but he this uh, this uh, biologist gives three reasons for why this is definitely not a human <laughs> so the first is that quote the broad blade of the scapula and the large muscle attachments is just absolutely inconsistent with that of a human and i think the point he's making because he holds a rep a replica human scapula up to this thing scapula and the positioning of where the scapula would have to be is slightly different and the shape of the scapula is super different but you can tell it's a scapula i think that's what he's trying to say yes asia just to refresh my memory a scapula is that your shoulder blade mm-hmm okay. yeah so your wings in the back? Yep. Just Those wanted to scapulas. verify. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what that is, but I have confused body parts before. Yeah. So. And I also just want to mention that when you drink tea and you're pregnant, it will not turn your baby's skin brown. Shit. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm so what if I what if I drink matcha? Will it turn my baby green? Oh, God. Don't drink matcha. They will be green and you and they will be bullied for their entire lives. <laughs> get an alfalfa going there <laughs> so his second reason for why it's definitely not a human he takes uh, a replica of a human spine and he shows it up next to this thing's spine and yeah the thing's spine's fucking long he says that it's over 50 inches which is way longer yeah. than a human spine so yay I guess that means it's not a human isn't it like four feet just over the human spine or 50 inches 50 yeah inches, that would be four it's feet about four is 48 feet. 
so it's like two inches longer. That's a tall-ass motherfucker. It's a tall-ass motherfucker, yeah. I mean, look at the thing. You should watch the video. Watching the actual footage where the camera moves across the actual body helps for, like, your brain to put together its actual structure. Just the still images is not enough. Yeah. Um, The two images I'm seeing right here, they look like two completely different skeletons. Yeah. Like, completely different. Just looking at the ribcage alone. Yeah. And this video, for anyone who's interested, this video is on YouTube. Um, Like I said, it's called uh, The Hunt for Bigfoot with Smoky Crabtree. If you search that, you'll be able to find it and you'll be able to see this skeleton for yourself. Or you can go on our Patreon and look at the notes because I have it linked in there too. So that's the second reason. The third reason is that the pelvis, quote, is very long and narrow. However, with a human pelvis, it is short and broad, and the pelvis base is very rounded. Basically, he's just saying the pelvises are not shaped the same. And this documentary includes two other biologists. One of them does mention very specifically when she first... So, okay, they get two two other biologists. They show them the footage. They don't get to look exactly at the body, but they see the footage from the skeleton. And one of them specifically is like, well, I know that this is definitely not a human because that pelvis is not a human pelvis. So the pelvis seems to be like a strong point for why it's not a freaking human. Yeah, Um, I'm looking at it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, I don't know. To me, it's clearly not a human. Mm -hmm. But they needed a lot of people to corroborate that. Um. So, like I said, besides the biologist, a handful of other experts are interviewed about their thoughts on the corpse. They're all shown the same footage of the corpse. These other ones don't get to see it first person, but they make their own opinions on it. So, this includes the two other biologists, but also a man who claims to have been doing animal taxidermy for 32 years. Which I think, honestly, is a pretty good, like, I think that's a pretty strong point to be um be a taxidermist yeah you know a bunch of different yeah. animals i kind of like this documentary because it includes like the biologists the people who are educated with academic backgrounds but it also includes the locals and people who are like living in this region working in this region doing taxidermy hunting blah 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 it includes their insight too which has value even if they don't have Mm -hmm. a degree behind it the guys who's been skinning animals for 32 years and putting them back together knows a thing or two about skeletons and bodies you know what i mean oh yeah i follow a few taxidermists online and shit's intense and they'll post pictures of just specific skulls or specific skeletal parts they're like do you know what animal this comes from and it's really fascinating to see yeah they know more about anatomy than i think most anyone does yeah they they have a very intimate knowledge of animal structure anatomy even if they don't know the like latin words for all of the bones and shit you know like he's still calling the heel the heel not the calcaneus but i think it's still super valuable to have them in there i also meant veterinarians not veterans my apologies (laughs) goddamn veterans (laughs) No, we love veterans. I love veterans. Uh, yes, I have lived with the many. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so one of the biologists that I wish they had, like, interviewed more, because she seemed like she knows what she's talking about, she's particularly interested in the feet. And actually, also, the taxidermist is super interested in the feet, because the feet yeah. are remarkably human. And the reason is because the heel bone, the calcaneus, is structured in a way like a human. So to kind of explain the calcaneus, not a lot of animals, especially if they're quadrupeds, like, you know, walk on four feet, they don't have heels like us. They have the bone, but if you think it's about, up. yeah, if you think about the back legs of a cat or a dog and the second joint distally or down, the second joint down, that's where their heel bone is. So, mm -hmm. so they're, they're, es like... they're essentially walking on their toes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. If you feel a dog or a cat's leg, they've got that elbow, and then there's another bone. Where the Isn't that the same bone where that little toe is? I forgot what it's called. So technically, elbow would be their front feet, right? Mm -hmm. So their back feet. Um, that's where you're going to have the calcaneus, the heel. But yeah, it oh, would be okay. like, okay. if you yeah. imagine a cat's foot, it bends in essentially two major places. At the knee and then at the ankle. But their ankle, like, they walk on their toes. Yeah. So their ankle bone never strikes the ground. It's elongated, like the metatarsals between the ankle bone and the and the toes are elongated mm -hmm. so their ankle's always up in the air or i'm sorry their heel is always up in the air um so when you're looking when they're looking at the skeleton the reason they're all so like interested in the heel is that the heel is structured like a human heel so it's down close to the metatarsals and doing just a little bit of like refresher on this for myself the calcaneus bone, which makes up the heel, is part of a tripod of surfaces that allows us to walk on our feet upright. Okay. So there's three major points that the foot touches the ground, allowing us to walk upright. Also, it's the attachment point for the gastrocnemius muscle, which is your calf muscle. And okay. the gastrocnemius attaches to the calcaneus, the heel, by the Achilles tendon. So put that all together in your head. Basically what it means is that that the calcaneus is like a lever that pulls us upright. Okay. Yeah. So when they're all looking at this heel, they're all like, wow, that's really remarkable. That's like a human heel. The taxidermy guy specifically is like, I've never seen a heel like that on a, on a, an animal unless it's like a primate like a monkey or an ape yes asia has the taxidermist put together a human body <laughs> <laughs> you know just the way the way that sentence ran i was like my first thought is how many humans has he put together <laughs> i am not gonna ask that question i in my young uh, mind where some areas are still pure and and young. <laughs> I think he probably has put together a couple primates, maybe a monkey or a gorilla. 
<laughs> or he's so obsessed with the heel because he's only ever put quadru- quadrupeds together and has never and has not really worked with a heel setup for upright walking on two feet. And that's why he's like, yeah, that's definitely not an animal. I've seen plenty of animals. Okay, we'll go with your definition. <laughs> my first thought is, who have you murdered? Or who has murdered someone and then brought them to you and just be like, oh yeah, this is just a skeleton I had of someone. I don't know. Can you uh, make it stand upright? No, it's a good question. This place, I mean, one of the thoughts I had is that like, in this place, you could fucking hide a body easy. <laughs> easy in these swamps swamps with gators crocodiles yeah oh yeah you can't even like traverse in the swamps like it's you and i are not built for that we did not grow up (laughs) in no swamps Mm -mm. it's like a wonderland that i can't even describe because i have no words for it because i've never i've never experienced it give me giant boulders i can crawl up them barefoot yeah we're like we're like mountain goats and these people are like I don't know, fucking, I can't even, alligators? I I have no idea. Gators and mountain goats. Gators and mountain goats. We're different species. (laughs) All right. Um, So basically the conclusion of the documentary is that the skeleton is definitely not a human. And I find that kind of like, okay, well, this is the 1970s, like, has anyone, like, re-examined this skeleton recently? But I cannot find a single mention of this skeleton anywhere. So, uh, Crabtree, he passed away in 2016. And I don't know what happened with the skeleton. If it was still in his possession, I have no idea. If he handed it off, if it's at the university. I can't find mention of it anywhere. Which leads me to believe... That the government is hiding it. I agree, just like with aliens. Because if it wasn't worth anyone's time, it would have been debunked and it would have been, that news would have been everywhere. This isn't real. This isn't a thing. This has been debunked. This is A, B, C, and D put together. Like, it seems so covered up in a way. Like, I don't want to say covered up, but I cannot, you'd think that there would be pictures of this thing. The only pictures that you saw were snippings. I used snipping tool on that video on YouTube. There should be pictures of this thing. It's a crazy ass looking skeleton. No one like concluded what it was. After the university was like, yeah, they like failed to give an answer. People started just thinking, oh, maybe it's a giant saber cat. And that's basically where the story ends. They're like, oh, maybe it's a saber cat. But it's clearly not a saber cat because it has fucking human heels. It doesn't even look like a cat skeleton. No. Or a dog skeleton or anything that's quadruped. It doesn't have that type of skeleton. It looks like a primate. Yeah. And I'll post the same. I'll post them on Instagram probably. But I recommend people to look up this video so you can get like a like a motion picture idea of what this looks like because you need the other angles and all that. Um, so to wrap it up, the story has no ending. Um, as far as anyone knows, the Falk monster is still at large. Like I said earlier, there are still reports coming in of sightings of him on Lyle's website. 
Uh, as far as I could tell, he's never attacked anyone, but he has in the past killed some livestock, and he usually scares the shit out of people. Uh, one of the stories in the um, Legend of Boggy Creek, the horror film that made it famous, one of the stories was like, oh, I let my cat outside, and we found it dead, but it wasn't attacked, it was just, it died of fright, <laughs> which is kind of like gimmicky, <laughs> but whatever. Um, in Falk, in the town of Falk itself, the Boggy, so he's also called the Boggy Monster. The Boggy Monster, the Falk Monster, is such a legend, um, that they have a yearly festival to celebrate him. Kind of like how in my hometown of Netherland, they have frozen dead guy days every summer. Yes. <laughs> like, it's Which like is a, why I've never been to the Peach Festival. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a, it's a small town thing, you know. There's the one thing that made him famous, so they have a whole ass festival about it. Yes, Asia. When we finally get to Colorado, which should be very soon. Even though it's not supernatural. Oh, we have to. We have to. Yeah. Do you can you imagine the type of content we could get? I have so many people I know personally that I could ask about the frozen dead guy. Then I will let you cover That's frozen gonna be dead at guy days. At least a two parter. We could get some Sweet. real content on that shit. Whew. Yes. That that sounds like a fucking blast. Also, I want to say, the Falk Monster Festival, the next one is scheduled for June 18th of 2022. Hmm. And I think we should go. Especially now that I know that if you had a little bit of connection to him, you could, like, scry him in your mind's eye. <laughs> I will let you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um... So not only is there the festival, there's also a whole monster mart called the Falk Monster Mart, which apparently uh, for like horror fans, fans and Bigfoot fanatics is like a pilgrimage site. Like you have to go to the Falk Monster Mart. Um, and then also, I guess, so I saw this on the, on the Facebook page for the Falk Monster. The freaking local police department has used the cover art for the bo- the legend of boggy creek and included it in their emblem and painted Oof. it on their police cruisers so the falk monsters literally painted on police cruisers in falk oh my god <laughs> that's what these other photos are oh my god that's yeah, hilarious yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's the end of the story it's i i had a lot of fun with this one i think it's definitely I would love to go to the festival just to, like, see what the fuck people are up to. Yeah, no, that sounds like a lot of fun. I I would definitely be down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Falcon Monster. I want to go to the Monster Mart. Yeah, it's famous. It sounds badass. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. That was interesting. <laughs> Exciting. Fun little cryptid. I love the cryptids. I'm having so much fun with them. I feel like we're obligated to cover Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, dude. We have to. Because Bigfoot really is just, like, the the talking head for all these little side shoot Bigfoots. You know what I mean? Like, he's mm-hmm. the amalgamation of all the cultural Bigfoots that are everywhere. I want to know where Bigfoot primarily resides compared to like sasquatch Mm. 
Because up in Washington, they've got a big thing about it, but we do here too in Colorado. Like, when yeah. you come and your tourist, well, so our touristy merch has him on it. <laughs> the guy um, in the documentary with the glasses, Dr. Otis or whatever, in the in on the campus, his, so his little theory is actually kind of interesting, even though I gave him a little shit. His theory is basically like Bigfoot can never actually be discovered because Bigfoot is really not only, like, not only is it, um, like, ourselves fearing our inner primal spirit, like he's, like I mentioned earlier, but it's also just, like, Bigfoot has to be something that that's not debunked like it has to be a mystery in order for it to work for our culture he even said something like if bigfoot was debunked and proven then a bigger foot would come along is what he says (laughs) (laughs) like something else would take bigfoot's place in our human psyche in our imagination small foot All right. Well, that was fun. I will see what I can do for our next episode on Arkansas. I think we'll have about two more before I move on to California. Oh, yeah, because there's no bees. And then we're in uh, my state. My, I don't claim it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Nor should you. You haven't yeah. even been there a year yet. I know. <laughs> Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Please find us on Patreon. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the things we don't use very often. Um, And we don't use them partly because there's not a lot of listener engagement. We would use them more if we had more people interacting with us. Yeah, we use Instagram the most because we get the most interaction with listeners on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram is like our number one will respond immediately if you ever send us a message or like a picture we see it instantaneously but the others we've had no interactions on whatsoever right so send us messages get us to use our social media maybe it'll get bigger (laughs) yeah yeah like we're ready and willing this is fun for us I'm going to put out a poll here soon on the Patreon for merch ideas. See what the people want. But you have Hell to be yeah. a donor. Even a low-level donor. It doesn't matter how much you donate. We've got a three level, $3 level tier. Like, anything makes a difference. And you'll have access to all of our notes, any special content we decide to put up, and polls for, like, episode ideas, merch ideas, what you want to hear from us, what you want to see from us, etc. Yeah. Yeah, we're thinking about making t-shirts, maybe. We we already have the stickers and mugs. Um, But yeah. That might expand the whole mug thing into tumblers. I've got a buddy who's got some fun skills with a laser, as I do not have access to one. This is a great little window. Fun laser (laughs) skills. Wish I could put that on my resume. Just to give him a quick shout out here, if anyone is interested, he goes by Mountainside Laser Engraving, and you can find him on Instagram. Hell yeah. Old friend of mine. Shout out. (laughs) Well, thank you, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time, thanks for listening, creeps. Yeah.
Bye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.